Chris Kringle, Papa Noel, Father Christmas, Santa Claus. Whatever you call him, his arrival means Christmas is here. Generations can look back fondly on their memories of the big guy in the red suit, but we always get excited for his yearly return. His looks may differ, but the magic stays the same. You better watch out. You better not cry. This is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham. Sitting across from me, as always, is Preston Burt. Preston, have you been a good little boy this year? I sure try to be <laughs> a good little boy every day. Just ask my wife. But um, that's up for debate. <laughs> well, good. At least you're going to get some presents this year, I guess. I think, yeah, um, I'm feeling pretty good about getting some presents. I haven't been a, a, a total drain on society, so I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that the big guy will come through again. Yeah. Have you ever gotten coal? No, but I was really <laughs> I was really certain that one year I was going to get some some coal. And actually um you know the, the other thing you'd get is what in your in your stocking? Presents. No, no, no. Okay. If you were bad. Oh. So it's coal or you'd get a, a stocking full of what? Oh, I don't know. I always thought it was In coal. the south they say a, a stocking full of switches and ashes, oh. right? Have you ever heard of that? No. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sure some of my regional friends will be able to back me up with, uh, you get a stocking full of switches and ashes. But when I was a kid, I I got spankings with a brush uh-huh. or a hand. Uh-huh. I didn't get to pick a switch off a tree and get spanked. And only in years later did I realize that that's what they were talking your stocking would be filled with, with switches uh-huh. like that. And I thought it would just be a stocking full of like light switches no. from a wall. I thought you were being clairvoyant and you're like, Nintendo switches, yes. No, <laughs> no. But I was, you know, it made sense to me. I'm like, yeah, why would it? No kid wants to get a whole stocking full of just light switches. That'd be dumb. What's the ashes part? I don't, I don't know. So they didn't say coal in the South, they just said. Switches and ashes. Look, so maybe ashes all right. If you're listening like in here, back me up that I am not the only person that was has ever heard of the phrase "switches and ashes." All right, well, may, hopefully we get some email because I've lived all over the South and I've never heard that. <laughs> Look, maybe I was just in Florida when this was happening. So. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> Key West is is another planet, man. It is not the South. The uh, yeah, down there you just get like the, what they say is. Um, Jellyfishes and sand dollars. <laughs> Are you making that up? Yes. You just made that up. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on this wonderful episode leading up to Christmas, we have decided to talk about um, some of the Santas that we loved growing up. But before we get to that, uh, I wanted to ask you a couple questions. Okay. Okay. Were you a kid? Yes, that, I have been a kid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So far, I'm bad. Got it. Uh, were you afraid of Santa when you were a kid? No, not really. There's no pictures of you screaming on Santa's uh, lap? There may be one when I was a little baby, a little a little kid. But no, I, I, I was fine with Santa. We were chill. Why? So I feel like... I probably went through. A, I, th- I feel like I went through a phase with all of them. I, I'm pretty sure there's pictures of Easter Bunny me mm-hmm. being terrified. What do you like the bun- Easter Bunny? I understand because um, it's not a human, 
right? Mm-hmm. And so, but Santa, why do you think kids love Santa so much, but then are terrified to sit on his lap? What do you think? I think it is? kids love the idea of Santa because he's, you know, a jolly mythical thing that mm-hmm. that brings good tidings and 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 presents for everybody. But then when you see him in person, like at the mall, yeah. It's otherworldly because no other person dresses like that or has, you know, like, and it's like a production almost like you're, you're in the set usually. Mm-hmm. And it's just so otherworldly. It's just uncomfortable. And the kids don't know how to handle that kind of like change and, and difference at once. And so it's, it's overwhelming. I think. Yeah. Oh, but, but legitimately some of them are frightening. I mean, don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. Some of these Santas, especially some of these mall Santas uh-huh. from way back, they're frightening. Yeah. The, um, some of them are, are very good. Uh, there is, um, I should have, I should have, you and I have talked about, uh, you know, when we were coming up with the idea for this episode, we talked about different Santas in our lives. Mm-hmm. Right. And I meant to, use one the one that i'm about to talk about as one of my santas okay but um but see you're talking about it now I so know. it works yeah it's, it it's works. in our it episode works. so now it's one of your santas yeah, i guess i can have a sound clip of it anyways but um so my little brother used to eat breakfast with santa and uh you know uh, obviously it wasn't the real santa because um wait g- explain this context a little bit more i because does wh- why does he eat breakfast? When does he eat breakfast with Santa? Why does he eat bre- is this like donuts with dads or kind muffins of. with mom? Yeah. You just eat breakfast with Santa one yeah. day? No, it was it's so it was the it was Christmas Day. Okay, right? and he wakes up. Uh huh. He goes looks under the tree. There's presents. Yeah, but also Santa's just hanging out yep. still. He's done delivering his packages. Okay, and uh, he would eat. Uh, he would eat breakfast with them. Uh, my stepmom would make uh, breakfast for everybody, and then he would he would get that chance. And uh, they probably did this until his like teens. I'm willing to bet. And uh, <laughs> he's like 17, <laughs> hanging out with Santa. He uh, so obviously this wasn't the real Santa, but my dad. Uh, <laughs> I love the disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want I don't want to confuse anybody about this. My dad was friends with this guy who um who worked at this bar down in Key West and uh, it's better. <laughs> he uh so he would dress up he had a Santa suit and he would dress up as Santa and do this, right? But one year uh the Weather Channel had a contest and it was to I don't remember exactly what the contest was, but it was about like they were going to bring snow to wherever whoever won the contest. Uh-huh. So someone in Key West won it, and so they brought these snow machines out and were shooting snow into their yard. And that Santa Claus was there, and they interviewed Santa during this whole thing. So uh, it was it was it was great fun. But you know, so you're talking about like it's being it's so weird being out of your element. You know, like that's probably the most intimate chance that you get because you're at your own house, right? And, yeah. And you're, you know, and, and you're surrounded by people that love you and then santa claus so well yeah <laughs> wow what a what a revelation that must have been one year yeah well you know the um uh i don't even know like i'm i'm not even sure how late they did it. i'm pretty sure it was into his teens so <laughs> it may have, it may have been like 12 or something but I'll, I'll have to ask him so. no but i uh I didn't have that intimate of a relationship with Santa Claus. <laughs> we didn't have breakfast together. We didn't chill. But I did have the 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 mall encounters, and then my own children. I, I, it's a rite of passage for every child to have at least one 
terrified frightened picture Mm -hmm. um and i have both of those because i have one year my daughter uh was berserko screaming like get me out of here picture on the lap and we're like ah it's so cute (laughs) meanwhile she's like traumatized for life but then the net uh but then another picture we have of her is just like looking up at him in wonder Mm -hmm. and it's like both of them are perfect in their own ways and i hope everybody has those kinds of experiences with their own pictures but yeah so you know but but santa i have to tell my kids well i told them you know not all santas at the mall are are the real santa necessarily and you know because they look a little different yeah um and as we have experience in our own childhoods watching these movies not every santa looks the same we got we got people who portray santa claus with their own little unique takes um but they make an indelible imprint in our in our mind and that's what we're going to be talking about today are the different santas that um may have been forgotten a little bit these aren't necessarily on the nose santas Mm -hmm. um i think i have one that's probably like everybody will remember but a lot of these are a little under the radar because why would you listen to the show that was just talking about Coca-Cola Santa Claus, right? You know, you want some little weirdo, weirdo stuff. We got that for you. I was trying to think, Oh, Norman Rockwell. I was yeah. like, I was, I was like, what's that guy's name? But yeah, the, uh, I'm pretty excited to talk about these Santas and you know, um, I think part of who I am is shaped by each one of the Santas that I picked out a little bit. All right. And so I'm, I'm, you know, pretty excited about it. And, and maybe I'm that's why you're so jolly. Maybe that's, that's why I'm such a happy guy. <laughs> I'm, I have a little piece of Santa inside of me. Eve. <laughs> football, football, football. What's a football? <laughs> Without conscious will, my voice squeaked out football. Okay. Get him out of here. A football? Oh no! What was I doing? Wake up, stupid! Wake up! No! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. All right, I'm getting this one out of the way first because it is the most on-the-nose Santa Claus from our childhood uh, in pop culture. But I just had to mention it because it's quintessential Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Because it touches on what we were just discussing, which is mall Santa Claus. And that is the mall Santa Claus from A Christmas Story. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. You know, uh, what's funny about this my kids are far too young to have seen this movie, mm-hmm. uh, but they were talking about making sure you don't lick metal in, in the snow the other day on the way to school. Oh. I don't know why they were talking about it. but Well, that's practical advice, honestly. I guess so. but, but no, this, this one is great because I, I love that the Santa Claus looks like a drunken uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love the perception of the kids... Like we were just talking about how some kids are so frightened by this thing that they do the point of view of the camera with Santa's face yeah. going, ho, <laughs> ho, ho. <laughs> What's your name, little boy? I love it. Um, the the anticipation of that is so great. I'm sure everybody listening to this has seen this movie. Um, I, I don't know that I've ever gone 
to a Santa, a mall Santa that had quite as big a presentation as this one in this mall with the multi-level. But I've seen some pretty elaborate sets with like animatronics and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I know this is a movie, but still for for it to be set back in the, what was it, 40s uh, with... with, with a set like that, pretty incredible. Yeah, and well, maybe it was just different back then, right? Yeah. You would think for like something with a slide and stuff like that, you would see it in something like the the Mall of Georgia, right? Because that's a the biggest mall in the southeast. Yeah. And so you would think that if someone was going to go all out, then then they would. But yeah, you know the uh, that movie used to be. I don't I don't remember how old I was the first time I saw it, but it was something that was like I don't know, it must be like TBS or something which would do an all day marathon of it, mm-hmm. and so it was something that I watched every year when during, well during so the the all day marathon I want to say that that didn't happen uh, for a long time maybe after maybe close to the two thousands originally it came out it was a box office bomb mm-hmm. um, but then it started playing in regular rotation every year. And I guess just people just kind of got used to it yeah. on t- on TV and it just became part of the background noise maybe initially. And then it just became an expectation and then just snowballed from there. And that's to say that it's a, it's a good movie too. Um, but I don't know when I first saw it. I want to say we probably rented it first. Um, my family, we were big movie renters and uh, it's funny. I, I have the original big box release from the MGM um, UA line, the VHS tape, and um, <laughs> my my wife had set out this nice little decorative display uh-huh. um, several weeks ago, and here this past weekend, I, I went through and found this tape again, and, and I uh, snuck it into the <laughs> into the decoration. So when you enter our house, there's this nice little table of like you know ornamental Christmas trees and. Um, pictures of Santa, kids with the Santa Claus, and then there's a VHS tape from 1983 welcoming our guests. But you know, it's nice. Well, now now she's gonna know it's there and and move it. So way to go! You, yeah, you ratted yourself out. Yeah. Uh. So, do, have you ever had any mall Santa stories? Uh, any frightening mall Santas? Have you seen anybody that resembles this creeper in real no. life? No. Uh. No. You know, I have worked in many a malls during the holiday season throughout my time. Um, uh, but I've never seen one. Generally speaking, they're they're a little bit better at, at hiring uh-huh. that person, you know? Yeah, they go to Santa school now. Like, they're, oh, you, yeah. you got to get, like, a credentialed Santa. But back then, uh, I'm talking about back in our childhood days, it was still a little shoddy. You, mm-hmm. you know, it was ramshackle. A lot of these smaller malls, and malls were everywhere, so... Not all mall Santas were at the good mall. Right. But did did you ever have a BB gun since this is what little Ralphie was wanting so bad for that Christmas? I did have a BB gun. And this BB gun, I, one of the reasons I picked this is because of the BB gun. Mm-hmm. And I can identify. And this is, I, th- I didn't know we would be into this story so early in our podcasting years, but. This is my only ride in a cop car story. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I had, probably because of this movie, I had an infatuation with wanting to have a BB gun. So I had, when I was probably 11, 12 years old, Mm -hmm. I got a, um, 
an air rifle and it used the CO2 cartridges, yeah. you know, so you could do a pump action, but it also had the CO2. It was kind of fancy, right? Uh-huh. You cocked it back. You put the, it was, you could shoot pellets or BBs in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, this, I, this gun was not a good thing for me because it caused two traumatic events in my <laughs> life. One, I was in my backyard, which is just in a residential neighborhood. Like they were, it was dumb for me to be doing this anyway because mm-hmm. there were like houses on all sides of us. I mean, it was a pretty big backyard, but still like line of sight. Well, I didn't, I didn't do anything to harm any of those houses. No, I shot a GI Joe point blank in the head, <laughs> uh-huh. point blank, and it ricocheted and it didn't shoot my eye out, uh-huh. but it did blow out my grandmother's back porch window. Oh man! Like the big sliding glass door, the whole thing just shattered. Wow. And it was, it was like, you know, fight or flight. <laughs> and I totally chose flight and I just bolted. I dropped the gun and just bolted and ran like several blocks away. Wow. And I mean, eventually I was, I just had to come back and face the music, but it was tough. Did they know it was you? <laughs> Did they know it was me? <laughs> you gotta be like, no, it must, I saw this bird just kind of flying into the window. <laughs> it was this icicle and, and it came and hit my eye. No, um, they knew it was me and I don't know what I would thought I would get by running away, but um, I had to pay for that for sure. I think it was $300. Um, so that was expensive. Should have I should have ended my career with the BB gun right then and there? But no, no way. You learned that you can buy. I kept it around for a while (laughs) until I was a teenager, and then took it over to my friend's house. And my friend lived in a neighborhood too. But like this, it seems so like just natural to do. But it's going to sound like I'm a psychopath. (laughs) And his neighborhood, in the center of the neighborhood, had a big open area. It was also acted as there was, it was land that was attached to a school. Uh huh. Okay. And it was either the summer or a weekend or something anyway, but we used that big open area and we took some freaking GI Joe's again <laughs> and we were just, just taking pop shots, right? Mm-hmm. Just target practice. Okay. Well, like way off in the distance, I'm talking like 200 yards away. Apparently, there were some kids back there. Mm-hmm. And we were not even shooting straight line of sight. We were shooting like down to the ground, like at like a tree stump almost. Well, they got it in their mind that we were shooting at them, which swear to God, we were not shooting at them. Were these older kids? No, these were younger kids. Oh, okay. So they tell their dad, who basically just peers over the fence because the, <laughs> the backyard backs up to the fence, then this open land area. Uh-huh. And he backs, he, he peeks over the fence and says, Hey, what the boop are you guys doing? And so we're freaked out. And I'm like, let's get out of here. <laughs> so we just, I could drive it this time. I think uh-huh. I was 15. Um, you could drive at 15 in Mississippi. And got in my car and we bolted out of there. Well, he got in his truck and bolted after us and we went on this long winding <laughs> like we're gonna lose him well we did lose him but that was only after he got our license plate number <laughs> and apparently called the cops because we went back to his house thinking we we're in the clear when i get a page <laughs> this is in the days of pager i get a page that says preston 
come home right now. The cops are here. Uh, so I have to make the long drive back to my house by myself, knowing that the cops are waiting for me. They question me. They realize it was, a, you know, it was unintentional. They suggested that maybe I should let them take possession of the air rifle, which I do. Wow, that's messed up. I know. Then we have to go, because my friend was involved, uh-huh. we have to go tell his parents too. So I get to go to his house in the luxurious ride of a of a Ford police interceptor. <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy, right? So they just drove you around and then took you back home? Yeah. Uh, they're just trying to scare you straight. Heck yeah, they were. <laughs> Son, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But no 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 injuries, huh? No injuries, no. I didn't shoot my eye out. Um it was it was the scared straight program that worked for me. I I almost lost an eye. One of my cousins had one of the ones that you pump, mm-hmm. um, and then we used to pump it like a million times. And we we were in behind his house, and there was like a it's like on a seawall, and we had things on top of it that we were shooting, and it was it was like cinder blocks in this one spot. And he shot it, and it hit the cinder block. And at the time, I didn't wear glasses, and it ricocheted and hit me like right in the tear duct. Oh my gosh! And uh, and then I got for Christmas one year. It may have been my birthday, but I got a BB gun that was a handgun, and it only cocked once. But it was like mm-hmm. it it was if you think of like how they how you load a round into the into the chamber and, and on like a handgun in the movies, it was like, you would do that once and then shoot it. And so me and my friends would shoot each other with it because <laughs> it didn't hurt that. Well, bad. like you do. Yeah. Well, it didn't hurt that. Like it was like, it was like getting flicked or something, you know? Yeah. So, well, I don't, I, I kind of know how we got to talking about BB guns, but back to Santa Claus, yes. Santa Claus and the Christmas story. The actor who played it is named Jeff Gillen. I looked up at his IMDb page. He, he did some other stuff. Nothing of note. This is his starring role. He will always be remembered for this, I think. Um, it's great because he has the the auspices of being this fantastic Santa Claus, but then when presented with the gift, he just cuts all <laughs> cuts all uh, all the facade, and it's just like you'll shoot your eye out, kid, <laughs> and then kicks kicks the kid down the stairs. I love it. It's so many sides to the Santa. It's the mall experience. Can't get enough of it. If you haven't seen the movie, of course see the movie. If you haven't read the book, even if you've seen the movie, you need to read the book. In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. You'll get a kick out of it. It's written by Gene Shepard, who, incidentally, makes a cameo in the movie in addition to being the narrator Hmm. for A Christmas Story. So if you're watching that Santa scene, um, the the guy that... uh, Ralphie goes up to to say this is the line mm-hmm. that man is Gene Shepard who wrote the book huh he has a very good voice yep so little trivia for you appreciation for Santa Claus a Christmas story you can't go wrong Come on now. How come Joseph didn't say goodnight to me? He's asleep.
Sweetheart, like you're supposed to be. But when Santa comes, he'll wake Joseph up. Honey, I don't think even Santa could wake up your stepfather. Well, had that scared straight program not worked for you, uh, you may have turned out a little bit like my Santa Claus. <laughs> so my Santa is from an all through the house, which is the second uh, episode of the first season of Tales from the Crypt. And uh, this episode was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Nice. Um, and it's uh, basically a story about uh, a mother who puts her daughter to bed um, and then proceeds. Abruptly murders somebody. <laughs> yeah, she murders her husband to mm-hmm. collect his life insurance mm-hmm. and then move in with her boyfriend. Right. Yeah. That's the whole plan. Um, she kills her husband. Right. And then uh, she hears on the radio that there is a. Um, a an escaped mental patient <laughs> with a hook hand <laughs> he doesn't have a hook oh hand. <laughs> grab a strong hand uh, but um he's escaped from a mental institution and, he, and he's dressed like santa uh and so she calls the cops because she's worried about this because he's outside but then she realizes she can't get their help because she just murdered her ex or i guess her now he's her ex-husband but she just murdered her <laughs> husband and so uh, you know, this is all like she's trying to lock all the doors and make sure um, everything is safe so that he can't get in. And he keeps he keeps trying to get in. And while this has happened, she is basically she she thinks she kills him at some point. Mm-hmm. Like they get in a fight and, and she hits him and leaves him outside. And um, she looks outside and he's gone. And uh, she w- realizes what has happened when her daughter comes down the stairs and lets in Santa because she saw him outside. And it's such a good episode. Um, you know, this, this Santa Claus is obviously, uh, terrifying. Uh, but like we were talking about earlier and the whole mysticality of, of Santa Claus, uh, you know, the little girl, she's totally like, she buys it. Yeah. It doesn't like, you know, he, he is deranged looking and, uh, but you know she sees that twinkle in his eye, and um, and you know lets him in the house. I I, I like this story. It was good. It was a great little concise vignette that made Tales from the Crypt great. Mm-hmm. I want to see the prequel to this. How does that guy get that Santa suit? That's the movie I want to see. So. You know, I'm willing to bet that there was probably Christmas decorations at the mental institution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, or, uh, you know, when you're going around murdering people, maybe right. maybe someone is dressed as Santa. Yeah, maybe so... he knocked off a little uh, bell ringer on the corner, huh? Mm-hmm. Unfortunate. But, hey, was that... Okay, so I, you know, I usually look at the IMDb on, on these things. Was the guy who played Santa Claus, was that Clint Howard? Uh no. Oh, he looked a lot like Clint Howard. It, it's Larry Drake, which is actually pretty cool because do you know who Larry Drake is? No idea. Oh my gosh. He so he is Darkman. Oh, really? Yeah, he's also um, Oh yeah. He's the dentist. Right. Dr. Giggles. Right? Or Dr. Giggles, yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. And so um but yeah, he he was also Yahoo number one in the Karate Kid. <laughs> but but yeah the um so uh you know he's he's you know that's one of the cool things about tales from the crypt is so many like really cool actors that are yeah. in so many other things yeah. uh wind up wind up doing that show so 
I love the I love the part where she just whacked the dude with the fire poker just like nonchalantly. Uh-huh. And there's the hole in his head. Just oh my gosh! Yeah, because the hook it's gets so stuck in there or whatever. Too. Like it's great. <laughs> like you're just settling in for this nice holiday story. You know it's tales from the crypt, so you know something's gonna happen. But still, the the swiftness with which that poker comes down is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that unsettling feeling. I love how they just leave it hanging. They don't show you what happens to the girl. Mm-hmm. They don't show you what happens to the lady. They just know. You just know that it is not in well. <laughs> Nothing good. Yep. The uh, you know, it was really tough for me because I, I love this episode of Tales from the Crypt, uh, but it was very tough for me to pick this Santa and not the Crypt Keeper Santa that introduces <laughs> right. uh, the episode <clears throat> because he is wearing like this like Santa skin mask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. So it, it starts good. off very well. But um, but yeah, so, um, you know, it's probably one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite Tales from the Crypt episodes. So. Definitely a memorable Santa. Mm-hmm. Randolph, Mortimer, come in here quickly. I finally caught him. Who are you? I've caught him red-handed. Winthorpe, is that you? I'm making a citizen's arrest. This man is a drug dealer. Look, look here in his office drawer. He's got all the bad drugs here. Marijuana joints, pills, quaalude, valium, yellow ones, red ones, cocaine grinder... Drug needles, he's the pusher, not me. So not quite as dark <laughs> as your Tales from the Crypt Santa, but my next Santa is a little dark. Uh-huh. Uh, at least his his outfit is, because his outfit is just ragged and horrible. <laughs> it looks like he was dragged behind a bus. And that is um, the Santa Claus from Trading Places, which is actually um, Dan Aykroyd. In his character as Winthrop, what's his face? Lewis Winthorpe the Third. Um, have you seen tra- Trading Places before? I imagine yes. I have seen it. it. It has been a while though since I have seen it. Okay, so to catch you up on the plot, real simple synopsis: a snobbish investor and a wily street con artist find their positions reversed as part of a bet set by two callous millionaires. So Eddie Murphy. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd starts off the movie as this well-to-do investor. He has everything going for him, Mm -hmm. working underneath these two um, brothers who are, um, as as it mentions, millionaires, and they have this big investment firm. Well, they see a con artist played by uh, by Eddie Murphy, and the two older gentlemen played by Don Amici. And who is the other guy? Ralph Bellamy. Yes, by Ralph Bellamy. They bet that they can switch fortunes uh, and make those two swap places by by doing um, bad things. Mm -hmm. And so towards the end of the movie, Dan Aykroyd's uh, character's life has fallen to shambles while Eddie Murphy's life has just risen to new heights. And so Dan Aykroyd, uh, his character, goes to great lengths to to try to frame Eddie Murphy, as you heard by the clip, by planting drugs in him. But he shows up to this party in this disheveled Santa suit, um, and he starts going through the buffet line mm-hmm. and stuffs like a whole salmon yep. down his 
down his uh, his Santa suit. And just the way – like Dan Aykroyd, he doesn't get enough credit. You know, everybody's all about Bill Murray um, and and others from his generation. But he was fantastic in the height of his era. This stuff and even goofy stuff like Dr. Detroit, mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd is, is pretty legit. And um, his performance as Santa is is really good. Yeah, the the, the part after the uh, after the whole um, part where he he tries to frame Eddie Murphy and he like leaves and like gets on the bus mm-hmm. and he's just like he like pulls out the salmon out like from inside and of his jacket oh, and starts eating it and like, like his, his beard, beard gets yes. caught up in there and he <laughs> just screw it he just eats it anyway. Oh my gosh, so good! Can you imagine being on the bus and having that happen? <laughs> I've seen some weird stuff on the subways before. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, the uh, he yeah he does do a really great job at at taking, um, you know, making just that whole transition to his life being from someone that's very well off and well to do, and then and then just hitting rock bottom. Uh, but you know, bo- it goes both ways. Eddie Murphy was great in that movie, also. Uh, you know, from being like a con man pretending that he's blind and you mm-hmm. know like and then like once he steps into that role as as the investment banker or whatever um you know like like he he just he takes on that role very well as also so yeah i need to start investing in some orange juice futures too don't you <laughs> the the thing that i love the most out of out of by this movie is that uh the whole bet was just for a dollar oh yeah <laughs> i i you know with all the the focus on millionaires and uh the the 1% these days mm-hmm. this movie's worth worth another look um do you know that the 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 duke brothers make an appearance in another movie no uh, i i believe i could be wrong but i believe they make an appearance in coming to america oh really and their fortunes have been reversed uh, because they are now bums mm. that receive money in a bag from uh eddie murphy's character in coming to america that's cool i think that's right i might be missing that a little bit but it's they don't explicitly state that those are the right. same characters uh-huh. but if you've seen this movie yeah it's a nod to it it's really funny that's cool who, who direct do you know who directed coming to america yeah. Wait, what, was it land it wasn't landis also i don't remember uh-huh. yeah let down womp womp we should do better it, yeah he did he did he did direct coming to america oh, there you go see thanks imdb uh yeah so if you haven't seen that scene, it's on YouTube. You don't have to even see the whole movie, but if you want a refresher, you can watch that clip we just played on YouTube. Uh, check that out and check out the rest of the movie. It's a great one. You tell the world, multiple Santa's coming at So when I was talking about the... Uh when we were talking about the Tales from the Crypt episode, you asked where he got that Santa Claus costume or outfit. And it could have been a situation like how multiple Santa got his outfit in the episode, uh, the tick loves Santa. Everyone's favorite episode. Uh, you know, I love the tick. Like when I was a kid, I, 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 it sucks. I, so I love the comics, but they were all black and white, uh-huh. and I colored them all with uh. like color pencil and stuff like that. Uh, but like, uh, I love the Tick, and when the show came on Fox, um, I love that also. The only, I, I, I guess I didn't give it a fair shake, but the only show that I have not liked, or the only Tick thing that I have not liked, was the one with um, 
that was in the I guess two thousands uh-huh. uh, with Patrick Warburton. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I never gave that a fair shake, but uh, uh, I I love the show that was recently on Amazon also. But um, so, but anyways, multiple Santa. He is a burglar uh, or a thief. He um, is he com- commits a robbery. He's trying to get away from the cops. And he runs into a street Santa and beats him up, takes his costume to try to make it so uh, he can lose the cops. The cops are pull up. The street Santa points at him. And so they're chasing him down. He's He climbs this uh, building, uh, this um, fire escape ladder, gets up on the roof. And then uh, he... Um, falls into an electric sign gets electrocuted and the, everyone thinks he's dead and then uh what happens is he did not die but he gained the ability to create electrical clones of himself uh, that look just like just like him and uh he can control them and that kind of thing so so you watched this when it came out yes see i remember liking the tick uh-huh I think I remember liking this cartoon and I may have seen this episode, but honestly, until you brought this up, I hadn't really even, I couldn't have told you a single thing that happened in the tick cartoon. See, I, so I remember his catchphrase and I remember, uh you know, how he sounded. And I remember Arthur and deflator mouse, but like even, but any plot point, I could never have told you anything about it. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I used to have a habit of, um, you know, after going out and spending a night out on the town, you know, I'd go home and browse eBay and then just make some questionable purchases. And so, uh, usually it was things that I liked, uh-huh. but I would, uh, sometimes not remember making these purchases. And, uh, one of these purchases was, uh, the tick series on DVD that <laughs> someone had. Um, it was a bootleg copy of it. And so, um, but, and so I still watch that occasionally nowadays. Uh, but, uh, you know, um, I don't know that whole series just when it was on the air, it was something that, that I watched like every episode of. So it looks like that one came out in 94 and I know for a fact I watched this one because I was, I was starving for comic book Mm -hmm. content. Um, people take for granted now how ubiquitous comic book movies and cartoons and stuff are yeah um back then we had yes we had finally gotten the x-men animated series which is great yes um but this is before the x-men movies came out Mm -hmm. and um so we only had that uh the max was on mtv yeah well liquid or no it wasn't liquid television i think it might have started on liquid television and then they had the tick and it was weird that you know independent stuff like the max and the tick were the things that were finally making its way to TV instead of mainstream stuff. Well, it's so it's like, uh, you know, in your interview with, um, uh, the things that made us creator. Yeah. Brian. Yeah. Yep. He, um, he talked about how he wants to make a documentary, uh, about the lady at Fox that brought in power Rangers. And, and, you know, he said she was responsible for like turtles and like all that stuff. I bet she had a hand in this because it was also a Fox show. Yeah. Margaret Lesh. Yeah. So the, um, and so the, I would be interested in seeing that, but yeah, cause like the, it, it was surprising to me too, that it was on 
that that they made a cartoon for it because you know the comic book was not a huge hit no and but like they did really funny things with the comic like uh, I had the three cover variants for an uh, an issue where um, one of them was it was like the tick with a newspaper and it was like Bill Clinton wins the presidency and one of them was Ross Perot wins the presidency and one of them was <laughs> who was it Bob Dole was the other person yeah so the um, but it, and uh, I think I still have one of those uh, now somewhere but um, I don't know I just just the the goofiness of those characters and you know there's the cool thing about um, the cool thing about the writing by Ben Edlin is that uh, there's layers to it, you oh, know? Yeah, and so, so like watching it as an adult or reading it as an adult, like you get the jokes that he was mm-hmm. making that you did not get when you were a kid. So um, um, I, the cartoon itself is really interesting. And <clears throat> excuse me, I had to look back at the, the cast list because I was listening to the cartoon. Uh-huh. I was watching the, the clip of your cartoon and I was like, oh, my gosh, that sounds familiar. I was instantly able to pick out Rob Paulson's voice for mm-hmm. sure. And, but then I had to be like, wait, is that what I'm remembering? And so then I checked, and yes, Cam Clark does uh, – he plays Deflator Mouse, but he also does additional voices. Mm-hmm. And so Cam Clark, you may not recognize his name, but he was Leonardo mm-hmm. on the Ninja Turtles. Rob Paulson, who played Arthur, was Raphael and the Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And Townsend Coleman – who plays the tick was Michelangelo and the Ninja Turtles. Hmm. So I did not look to see if they got uh, the Donatello uh, voice actor. It'd be hilarious if he's sewer urchin. Yeah. It's like, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> he might be, um, but that'd be cool. Um, I will say, I think it's neat that, I mean, this cartoon is great and kudos to them for trying to reboot it with uh, the live action series in 2001. But it's amazing to me that they would try yet again mm-hmm. and do a third iteration of The Tick. Have you seen The Tick on Amazon Prime? Yeah, I, I loved it. I it's thought it was great. It's fantastic. It's so good. It's uh, a little bit dark, a lot more violent than you would expect um, if you're only familiar with the cartoon. Yeah. But, um, but phenomenal. So it's a great update. Check that out. Anything else about the... Uh, the, the Santa, why why did you like this one so much? So I think it's hilarious that the Tick refuses to fight him because uh, he <laughs> he can't bring it to himself to punch Santa in the face, and and in the episode, Santa comes and and visits him. So the Tick and Arthur come home one day, and there are Secret Service elves all over the the apartment looking through everything, and and he has to tell the real Santa has to tell Tick it's okay for him to fight the fake Santa because he's going to ruin Christmas <laughs> and it's funny because Arthur remembers this because Arthur through this whole episode you know keeps telling Tick Santa's not real you know like you can fight this guy he, he's not real and so when Santa when he meets Santa in real life he goes and gets this pop gun that Santa gave him when he was a kid. And he like comes running at him and with this gun. He's like, Santa, look, I still have the gun you brought me. And the secret service elves like tackle him and break it and stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so the, uh, I, I just, I, I love the premise of it. And I think that, um, multiple Santa, uh, you know, because he's electrical, uh, his, his weakness is the noogie and because of the static electricity <laughs> counteracts the electrical current and, and makes the clones disappear. So yeah, the ticks, uh, wild eyed innocence, childlike innocence is, uh, is very endearing in this one for sure. Mm-hmm. 
So I promise I'm not just trying to be contrarian. I know that you had a uh, Tales from the Crypt pick. Uh-huh. I had the disheveled Trading Places Santa Claus. I don't know which is darker, your Trading Places, I mean your Tales from the Crypt, or my Santa from The Night Santa Went Crazy by Weird Al and his 1996 album, Bad Hair Day. <clears throat> Do you remember the song when it came out? No. Were you a Weird Al fan at all? Uh, you know, I liked Weird Al, uh, but what's the one where he's sitting cross-legged with the accordion on the CD? Do you know which album that is? I don't know. I feel like it's probably the one before Bad Hair Day. Okay. Because um, that was probably the one that had like Nevermind on it and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably the only Weird Al album that I got, and I, and I wouldn't have picked it out. It was probably one of the ones I got for free, or one of the ones... Uh, uh, I wound up getting paid off eventually that I got through <laughs> Columbia, um, House. Columbia House or BGM <laughs> or whatever. But um, but yeah, I I I know the Coolio song or um, Amish Paradise. Yes. Uh, but that's probably the only song I know off this album. Yeah. So if, if you if you don't know the Bad Hair Day album cover, this is the one making uh, fun of Coolio and Gangsters Paradise with with the Amish Paradise cover, and you know. Weird Al is a fun-loving guy. Uh-huh. Uh, in real life, he seems to be uh, very kind-hearted, very sweet, very sincere. Um, you know, he's mostly known for his covers of songs like "Eat It" and "Fat" and and that kind of stuff. But every now and then, dude goes dark, <laughs> dark. Um, so this isn't his first song that went really, really dark. He also did uh, "Nature Trail to Hell," mm-hmm. uh, which is which is a really good song. That's quite violent. Uh, you should check that one out. But this one, man, uh, I know maybe in today's today's society, this this song will probably not pass <laughs> with all the stuff we're seeing in the news. But when it was released back in 1996, going postal was kind of just a, a, a you know a crazy out yeah. there kind of thing. There used to be video games made about it. Yeah. Um, so this is this in, uh, imagines a night when Santa goes postal and uh, talks about often all of the reindeer. The night Santa went insane. Um, he, oh gosh, he's got blowing up his reindeer, slashing up Dasher, flamethrower to Blitzen. It's great. Um, it's super catchy. You can dance to it. <laughs> is is this is this is this a parody song or is this? Just... This is one of his originals. Okay, it's funny because um, uh, I like I actually like a lot of his original songs. Uh-huh. My girls, they they knew kind of of Weird Alf a little bit of, I you know I, I played them some of the classic stuff. I played them, you know, eat it. Right, uh, all that stuff, but a lot of his more esoteric stuff they'd never heard. 
they're fans of him now, but it took one of his polkas for them to be fans of because they're fans of the musical Hamilton. Uh-huh. And he came out with the Hamilton polka, oh. which basically touches on every single one of the the popular songs from that musical mm-hmm. and puts it into uh, the polka style. Um, but it's really clever how he covers them all. And so I'm like, I've won them over. They like Weird Al. I'm going to start playing them these deep cuts. And they're like, what are we listening to? This is awful. But I can't, I can't help it because it's so funny to, you, you expect such, you expect a performance from someone and it just flips it on its head. You do not expect this from Weird Al, yet he delivers hard. You got to, you got to get them to watch UHF now. Oh yeah, Totally. I, I doubt they'll like it, but it's worth a shot. Do you have it on VHS? Oh, of course. I've got multiple copies. Would you like one? No, I'm good. Thank you, though. <laughs> what? You're good. <laughs> oh. it, it's so hard to hook up a VHS to like a – well, I guess it's not hard to hook it up, but like the tracking makes modern TVs not weird. So, um, the uh, As far as Weird Al, have you ever seen him live? No. I've wanted to go several times, but I've never been able to make it. I have heard he puts on an amazing show because he, just like all other pop stars, like he goes through like 20 different wardrobe changes during his show mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So uh, I've heard that he is pretty amazing to, to see live. Yep. So if you, if you think you know Weird Al, think again, check out this song and uh, The Night Santa Went Crazy. Listen to it. Maybe screen it before you play it with kids. But, <laughs> but, uh, it's a different take, but I think it's worth a Christmas rotation. In the past, there have been many traditional ways to celebrate Christmas. With songs, with gifts, with family and friends. There's a new way. Ho, 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 Bert. With Ernest. <laughs> Ernest P. Worrell. He's back. Know what I mean? Back to save Santa. Santa's in the slammer. Look at those beady, twinkling eyes. Back to save Christmas. <laughs> back to save face. You're dead meat. That's life for you. Isn't she a doll? Ernest <laughs> C. Worrell. Mr. Funtime. In the mission they said couldn't be done. On Comet. On Cupid. On Donder. In the movie they said shouldn't be done. Sophie, Grumpy. You guys say you have a problem with reindeer? Trim the tree, light the candle, deck the hall, and hit the deck. Cause Ernest P. Oral's coming to town. And he's coming with colorful cards and festively wrapped packages. Air brakes. <laughs> Ernest saves Christmas. Well, believe it or not, I'm actually going to take it to a lighter note. Please. Thank you. (laughs) uh, A big part of my childhood was, you know, the comedic stylings of Jim Varney and his character, Ernest. So good. And... Ernest Saves Christmas is a classic movie uh, that goes along with this classically trained actor. Did you know that he trained? He was he's a Shakespeare. I only actor? know because I recently came across a clip of him doing Shakespeare or something. But no, I had no idea before this. Um, 
before I get to the Santa Claus in this, because this Santa is perfect. Yes. Uh, did do you know the history of the Ernest character? Uh, no, not re- I know it was like a regional thing yeah. for like maybe a home repair company or something. So he he uh, dabbled in uh, stand up. Uh huh. And he would do a lot of characters and stuff like that in his stand up routine, and and so. And in, in the Ernest movies, how he does like the old lady mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. So these are all characters that he did in a stand-up routine. But Ernest was one of those characters and was very popular. And so regionally, he did a bunch of commercials for like Tom's Toyota and stuff like that uh-huh. as Ernest. And he would be talking to Vern and doing the whole thing. Uh, it, it was a lot of Sprite commercials and Mellow Yellow commercials and just stuff like that also. But um, if you want to and uh, – I know I talked about Voodoo on the last show, but you can watch all those old commercials on Voodoo. It's it's free with ads to watch. Um, there's like two collections of all of his old commercials, and it's just it's very surreal to watch Ernest selling like pancake batter and stuff. <laughs> and it's funny because a lot of the 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 gags from these commercials wound up in in the movies. Hey, you, don't mess with greatness, right? Yeah, I guess if, that's if you, true. If you strike genius, just stick with it. No. Uh, so um, the the Santa Claus that is in uh, that is in Ernest Saves Christmas is um, you know he is at the end of his rope and he is retiring and needs to find uh, someone to take over the mantle of Santa Claus. And this seems to be a trope. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like you know this movie came out in 1990, so it's probably it predated the Santa Claus yes, for uh-huh. sure. And to be fair. I don't think the Santa and Santa Claus was trying to pass on. Yeah. Like, didn't he have an accident or something? Accident air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what Tim the Tool Man is involved. <laughs> 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 but uh, uh, so um, so Santa comes to uh, Orlando. Uh, to <laughs> Like you do. <laughs> well, you know, Florida man makes the perfect Santa. Uh-huh. So the uh, to pass on his... Um, his powers basically uh, to a uh, Mr. Rogers esque type of character. You mm-hmm. know, it's somebody that had a weekly children's show uh, and that taught kids to say please and thank you and stuff like that. Right. And um, so going through this whole, this whole process, you know, hilarity ensues because Ernest is involved. Now the Santa Claus in this movie is played by Douglas seal and you know it's good because Ernest or uh, Jim Varney is a Shakespearean trained actor, and then uh, Douglas Seal is also a Shakespeareanly trained actor. So you just have heavy hitters going up left and right in this movie. The caliber of actor here is uncanny. <clears throat> do you do you know anything about Douglas Seal? I know one thing, uh-huh. and that's because I got I got curious on my own because I was listening to him. I was like. He sounds so familiar, mm-hmm. and he had one voice acting role that most people would remember. Yeah, it is. It is. It is probably the most obvious thing when you start when you when you hear his voice. Yeah, is that he was the Sultan in the in Aladdin. Oh, that was a perfect opportunity for me to say he was. Plaza Hotel Man in Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's favorite character in Ghostbusters 2. Uh, but you know, he is, uh, he's an older man. He is very kind. And I don't know, like, I feel like 
the the makeup they did for him uh, with his beard and his hair and everything was just that his whole character the whole he did such a great job at at embodying uh, Santa Claus yeah. for this movie just being sincere yeah. and gentle and kind, kind. Yeah. yeah and, and like just the tone of his voice and and he also has just the utmost of faith in, in humanity and in people, you know, uh, he lets people make mistakes and, and, you know, like it, it's, it's cool because, um, you know, there's, there's parts where, uh, he attributes it to, to him losing his touch because it's, it's past the time for him to retire. But somebody tells him that, you know, all they want for Christmas this year is for a little bit of snow in Orlando. And he's like, Oh really? Because I have you down for a CD player. And, <laughs> and so, um, but it's funny because it wound up being true because that snow wound up saving, uh, someone's day. Cause he put off being a Scrooge uh, because he saw snow outside of his window. So now where do you rank this in the pantheon of Ernest movies? Oh man, it's it's got to be up there. The um, I think my favorite, my favorite probably goes to jail because it's a superhero movie. That's your favorite? I think so. Really? Now, I will I will say this. Obviously, saves Christmas. I've watched the most recent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, scared stupid. I think is the obvious choice, but I remember I have not seen goes to jail in so long. Uh, but I like that he has like superpowers and stuff in that movie because um, he is, I think it's that one. That's the one where he gets superpowers, right? He, uh, he goes to um, jail. That's the name of the movie. <laughs> well, no, I, I want to say, isn't he like cleaning the floors or something like that? I, uh, and then he, it's one of my least yes, favorites. So is. I couldn't tell you. Okay. So, Oh wait, no, never mind. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, this is the right. Yeah. So he, so he is, um, He's at some point he's cleaning floors and the buffer stops working. And so he starts flipping the switch on it really fast and gets electrocuted and gets superpowers. And then when he goes to jail, they send this is part hilarious. They send him to the electric chair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, kids. And then, um, and then, you know, that just, just like multiple Santa, (laughs) that gives him more power. So, um, but. Yeah, I so I I remember liking that one a whole lot when I was a kid. Scared Stupid, I've probably seen the most, um, and I do know that I like uh, I like um, uh, Goes to Camp. That one is very good as well. What well, is your favorite? Uh, objectively, Goes to Camp is the best movie. Uh huh. Is the most cinematic. It I think has the most production production value to it. And uh, I remember when it came out, like you know, Ernest had like a TV show or something. Uh, uh-huh. Hey Vern, it's Ernest, uh-huh. something like that. Yep, yep, yep. And it was just his little vignettes and stuff. And so when he made the jump to movies, it was it was really cool. And they had like a great. There's a great theme song when uh, they get their revenge on the camp with once they start doing the wearing the war paint and stuff. It's really good. And Ernest draws some tears, and it feels real sincere too. It's I don't know. It's it's touching. It's cinematic. I love it. Uh, and it also has. Uh, Bobby and the other guy uh-huh. that are also in this Christmas movie too, and they're great. Well, they're, they're, I want to see a, a show of just those two guys. They're hilarious. The, they're in all of them, aren't they? They're in most of them. I don't know if all. I don't think they're in Scared Stupid. Oh, uh, okay. I, I for some reason I thought they were in all of them. But then the second best one is Scared Stupid. Yeah, Scared, uh, Scared Stupid is very. Yeah, it's, good. it's a Halloween classic. Yeah. Now, do you know how how many Ernest movies there were? So I only acknowledge four, but I'm sure there were seven or eight. It's like the Police Academy movies. Oh man, 
play, p- boy, have you watched the first Police Academy recently? Oh man, it is so. It it they it would not fly. No, today. it would <laughs> yeah. not. Um, so there's at least, uh, oh no, that this goes to school. Okay, so there's at least twelve of them. Hmm. Um, twelve Ernest movies. Yeah. So there's goes to jail, go, uh, goes to camp, scared stupid, rides again. Now this is not in order. I'm, these are just things on my screen. Uh, goes to school, goes to Africa. <laughs> goes to, uh, in, in the army. Uh, surely it's not called it. It is in the army. Uh, slam dunk contest. Um. Oh no, that's a greatest hits. Uh, goes to Splash Mountain. Weird. Which I guess is a Disney. That's tie-in. probably a Disney short or something. Uh, they did not make. A whole oh, movie. it is a short TV short. Okay. Oh, they're counting Beverly Hillbillies in this for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so maybe there's like seven, but yeah. Boy, slam dunk contest, nineteen ninety five. Fun fact about the uh, the Christmas Ernest Saves Christmas movie: first movie filmed on the Disney Hollywood Studios lot. Oh, really? Yeah. What's the Hollywood Studios? Oh, Hollywood Studios. I was thinking Holiday Studios. No. And I was like, what is the like down in Florida? So they filmed yeah. this movie in Florida. The well, yeah, I told you earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, um, it so that lot. I guess I'm thinking of Universal Studios because they have a backlot tour also. And it is so cool when you do those tours because a lot of times when you watch sitcoms and stuff and they show the outside like of a house or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, like those houses exist in these backlots. It's so funny because like one of the houses was the Golden Girls house and oh, stuff right. like that. And so, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's just buildings that exist purely for transitions and sitcoms. So, So I will give you great pick. Uh, I like the movie. It's uh, it was a good blast from the past. The Santa is definitely endearing, mm-hmm. kind, gentle. One complaint though. What? He needs that bowl full of jelly. He he needs some junk in his trunk. Uh, you know, when he it, it's probably because he's not in uniform. When he passes on the power to the the TV show guy, he gains weight. And grows a beard, and yeah, stuff that guy like was that. already thick to begin with. Though. Yeah, but he wasn't that thick. So he was fluffy. I, I bet. I bet when when he is in full on Santa uniform, I bet you he's he's ready to go. But all right, I'll give it to you. All right, good pick. Thank you. Well. Just like Santa does when he hears the kids getting up out of their bed and he's got to stick his finger against his nose or something. And then he shoots up through the fireplace. It's time for us to jet. So uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Uh, I really appreciate everybody that has been leaving us um, reviews uh, on iTunes and and wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, If you want uh, you can find me at B.E. Grantham on Twitter, and you can follow the show at Wayback underscore Attack. Preston, where can people find you? I'm always on Twitter at Squared Stiff and on Instagram at the same handle. Um, you can listen to the show uh, numerous ways, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at WaybackAttackShow.com. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening to our first uh, number of podcasts, and we're going to take... A brief hiatus for the holiday season, and we'll pick everything back up 
in the new year. So be on the lookout for new episodes of Wayback Attack in January. Yeah, and uh, you know if you have any uh, any questions or uh, you know anything you want to talk about, shoot us an email at waybackattackshow at gmail dot com. And thank you so much for listening. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Thank you.